Can I read you the best thing I read today? Yes, please. Michael Orchard, a heroic man, broke into his neighbor's burning home to rescue their dog. He later found out that the house fire was actually not real, but just a hallucination from the LSD he was consuming. <laughs> but he believed. So he stole somebody's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Murder Brunch. We are the Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Joe. I'm Rachel. I'm Clinton. This is the podcast that brings you two tales of mayhem and murder and discusses where a killer lies on the scale of evil. Deduced. Mm. Not deduced. Created by? Created by. I had another word in my head, but I can't remember it. Anyway, it was made up by <laughs> Dr. Michael Stone. <laughs> Correct. Good enough. I was yeah. really close to actually doing it. that well. Like I know. I, I, was... I gave the a good impression, right? Yeah. It started out strong with Definitely confidence. And then it just, to it. Just, it just petered out there. Yeah. The I, was like, I was literally thinking while you are doing that, I'm like, oh, I'm the only one who doesn't have it memorized. And then you... You know, made me feel a lot better. <laughs> uh, which means I am the only one that yeah. does have it. No, we got it, Clinton. That's great. Last time you said, <laughs> "Welcome to Murder Brunch." We're the Murder Brunch, okay, Clinton? <laughs> yeah. So don't toot that horn too loud. I will toot my horn as loud as I like. Yeah. Are you ready? It's a beautiful horn. It's a beautiful horn. Let's start with the cocktail because it is a beautiful. Uh, Violent. Neon green, <laughs> Violent. I guess. Violent green. A violent green. It's electric. Boogie woogie woogie woogie. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, it's... I don't know. I'd almost call it chartreuse. You're the only one who would call it that. You're probably right. No, it's it's electric green, and it's uh, Midori... What was it? Midori? It's Midori coconut rum and pineapple juice. And pineapple juice. And it was good. And it's, it's called... Truffle. Alien secretion. Ooh, Ooh gross! Enjoy your brunch. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> I like chugged my glass full of alien secretion. Yes, and it was delicious. Mm. And then for food, we've got an agave coffee cake. Agave coffee cake. I thought you right? said it was guava. What did I say? Agave. No, it's definitely guava. Okay, it's definitely guava. I don't know why I was thinking agave. Uh, yeah, guava, eggs, French bread. <laughs> French toast. <laughs> it's toast by the very um, slimmest of definitions. Cookies and cream tarts. It's a pudding tart. It, is, it was very good. Uh, Brussels sprouts. They were delicious. <laughs> we did have sausages, but we ate all of them. We ate all the sausages. We have fruit, fresh fruit, and chocolate covered Oreos. It's been kind of a sweet um, brunch this time around. Yeah. Yes. Although I suppose you could have eaten just sausages, eggs, and Brussels sprouts. Remained healthy. Meh. That's not why we're here. <laughs> That's not why we're here. But it is an option, and that yeah. is what matters. Yeah, we're here to eat Step bad one. things and fill our brains full of bad things. So, speaking of, shall we start? Yes, please. And you can understand why I chose mm-hmm. the alien secretion. Oh, I can't stop calling it that. What? Secretion. Stop. Secretion. It's like moist. Moist secretion. Hmm. If you're going to secrete, you know it's going to be moist. <laughs> All right, so let's start on our first story. So this is the story of Girly Chew. Girly Chew. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, Clinton doesn't have his notebook. I don't. He doesn't have his paperwork ready to go. We're, Where not, is, we're not ready. Where is... Um, it's right here. I have it. Everything? Okay. I'm not that unprepared. I'll just put this milk on the floor. No, go put it back in the fridge. I don't have time for that. <laughs> We're not adults here. We've already begun. <laughs> All right. All right. Girlie Chu was born August 27th, 1963. She lived in Malaysia all her life. And in the 1990s, she was able to vacation in the U.S. During this vacation, Girlie visits SeaWorld. We all know SeaWorld because we live in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And at this wondrous park full of wondrous animals, she has a very life-changing encounter. Because this is where Gurley meets Dyson Hassenkopf. Oh my God, could you (laughs) pick a more international cast? Right? 
It is an instant connection. The two start to exchange letters and they fall in love. Mm. Oh, at SeaWorld. Sea what a meet cute. Right? In 1992, Gurley moved to the U.S. and married Dyson. The two moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico to start their lives together. Unfortunately, Gurley did not actually marry Dyson Hassenkoff. In fact, she had married Armand Chavez. What? And Armand lived his life as a con artist. On separate occasions, he had claimed to be a CIA scientist... I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> um, or a medical doctor. He had been able to cheat dying people out of over $100,000 by selling a cancer cure, which turned out to just be vitamin B6. Mm. It'll make you feel good, at least. Mm. I, as you die. If you're going to be a con artist, though, why would you pick a name like Dyson Hoffenstoff or whatever? Why wouldn't you pick... John Smith. Why would you pick something so crazy? Maybe it's like, what can I call myself that is completely and utterly different than my actual name? Yes. Oh, poor girly. He also claimed that he had created a youth serum and was, in fact, 2,000 years old. Of course. Maybe he was. You don't know. That B6 does wonders. <laughs> Dyson was able to send up red flags for the FBI in 1995 when he tried to purchase a bioreactor. I don't know what a bioreactor is, but apparently it's a thing. Oh, it's a real thing? Yeah. I thought it was just made up. He said he was going to use it to perform cell growth experiments, but the selling company became suspicious, refused to sell it to him, and notified the FBI. However, there were no charges for this incident. Like, how did he even get close to it? It sounds like something that, you know, the run of Joe off the street can't buy something like that. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it's a scientific or if it's like lab equipment, like a right. really expensive piece of lab equipment, you got to be able to purchase that somewhere. I guess so. I'm very curious where this is going because... So as a con artist, having some convincing props is important, but like... Oh, I thought, you're gonna be like, like, I thought you were just going to say, as a con artist, I know no. how this feels. <laughs> I know how the, you know, but continue. Yeah, you do need some, some but like, props. What? Why does he need a bioreactor? I don't know. Is it for his youth serum? Yes. He's going to do, what is it? He said he was going to do cell growth experiments. So right. What is the con, though? See, this is what I'm, I'm confused. Like, what is he... I got the cancer patient stuff. That made sense. Maybe this wasn't a con. Maybe it was just a really like he's expensive. Like, you know, this would be pretty cool shit. I think I should give. Well, it no, a maybe it's a hobby. Yeah, you know, he's like, well, I mean, the the cancer con was one thing, but it's really just to right. That was just fun. the fun. Yeah, this. Yeah. You know, okay. My cell growth experiments. Right. Plus, he's an alien. Is he? Is he? Is that what he we're going to find said out? He was an alien. Well. Aliens going functions. by our cocktail. Oh, girly Chew is the alien. <laughs> She's secreting all over the place. Okay, it has nothing to do with the alien. I just found secretion. Ew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good. All right. In 1996, Dyson's son was born. From Girly. Unfortunately, Girly Chew was not his mother. Oh. No, Dyson's Japanese girlfriend living in Canada, which sounds like the fakest, most fakety fake <laughs> thing to ever be said. But it's true. Gave birth to the baby named Dimitri. Should we be calling him Dyson or should we be calling him Armand? I called him Dyson for uh, the rest of it because I think that's just how everybody knew him. Okay. Soon after the birth of Dimitri, he was brought to New Mexico where he was presented to Gurley as a Mexican orphan that the two of them were now going to adopt. But he's actually half Japanese, half American I don't, or whatever. I don't know Armand what Armand Chavez yeah. French. is. Oh wait, Chavez. Chavez. Maybe he's Mexican. Maybe he is. Okay. I don't know. Maybe nobody knows. He's an alien. Right. That secretes. Mm. This joke gets funnier every time I hear it. Girly would not know the truth of baby Dimitri until the late nineties, like ninety eight or ninety nine. Mm. Well, at least that's only a couple years then, because you said this was in ninety six. Right. So it's not like it was a. This isn't like a 20-year-old mystery that plays out for her, so. Yes. Actually, it's very interesting that the story kind of lasts only a decade. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, it started in the 90s, like 1990, where she came to America and met him at SeaWorld. 
and then you know ends about 10 years later okay okay so she didn't know the truth about dimitri but she wasn't an idiot she knew he was unfaithful, but the marriage had other problems as well. <laughs> in 1998, there was a domestic violence incident in which Dyson choked and threatened to kill Gurley. This apparently stemmed from the fact that Gurley had confronted one of his girlfriends, who then broke off their relationship. January 1999. Gurley decided she has had enough of Dyson's bullshit and moved out. She got herself an apartment a new job at a bank, and most importantly, a divorce lawyer. Mm. So she didn't take the baby? No, he has him. Um, so this is in 1999. So she, at this point, has found out yeah. uh, Dimitri's origins. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not like saying, why didn't you take that defenseless baby? It's not her job. That's not right. her kid. And, and he's I not a baby it. anymore. He's a little kid. Yeah. As the divorce proceedings began... Gurley told several sources, including an FBI agent, that Dyson had threatened to kill her on multiple occasions and even told a co-worker that if anything ever happened to her, to make sure the authorities looked into her ex-husband. Smart. <clears throat> That's what I tell everybody. That's what I tell everybody. What is it? Is it um, Chrissy Teigen? Said she walks around with a little slip of paper in her pocket that said John did it. And so she never <laughs> dies to go after her husband. <laughs> After moving out, Gurley found her car's windshield smashed on two separate occasions. And fearing a more violent interaction, she began karate and self-defense lessons. Around this time, the summer of 2019 Dyson began a relationship with a young local businesswoman, Linda Henning. They met at a seminar based around alien conspiracies. Two weeks after meeting, Henning dumped her fiancé. Wow, is this guy like super good looking? Like, is he really charming? I think it has something to do with his secretions. Stop it. (laughs) He also then tried to place his son up for adoption. Authorities believed he was trying to pressure Gurley to release all custodial and property rights she may still have. And then he began planning her murder. What happened to the Japanese girlfriend in Canada? Didn't she want her kid? No? I guess not. She was not mentioned again in the story. Jeez. Okay. She was probably just somebody else that he took for a ride. Yeah. Maybe she's dead. Who knows? Oh. I don't think she's dead. They probably would have figured that out. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe he t- tricked her. And it's like, I'm going to take him for a while and and send him back for the summers. And that never happened. Oh, yeah. and by the way, now he's adopted by somebody else. Oh, gosh. Maybe he conned her so good she doesn't even know she had that kid. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest greatest con man in history. What's this? It's not yours. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) What baby? I got I feel a little achy, a little bit. It's fine. Summer, or summer, not summer. That's not that word. September 9th, 1999. Gurley was last seen leaving her workplace. On that day. You okay? I swear to God, I read this before it came. <laughs> I would like to point out that that date is 9999. True. Ooh, funky. Spooky. <laughs> uh, maybe I am a little drunk. I don't know. You only drank like half your cocktail. I don't know, so. but I haven't eaten anything or done. Well, I had cookies earlier. Just keep reading. Okay. Hours later, Dyson would be seen by neighbors speeding into his driveway. When he exited his car, they noticed that his face and neck were covered in black grease paint. Oh, no. And he was wearing either a dark green or camouflage shirt. So he was doing some LARPing. He was doing some blackface. Oh, no. (laughs) And decided to drive home very quickly. Gurley's disappearance was reported at 8.10 a.m. the next day, September 10th when she failed to arrive at her 8 a.m. shift. When investigators searched her apartment, they found evidence of a struggle, including what appeared to be pools of blood that someone had tried to clean with bleach. Mm. However, that person had done a shitty job, and they were able to recover DNA from the blood. Testing would discover three separate DNA profiles. Girlies, an unknown person, and Linda Henning. Oh, no. He got his new girlfriend involved? Later in the day, Gurley's blood splatter clothing would be discovered on the side of a highway wrapped in a tarp with duct tape. 
a strand of Linda Henning's hair was stuck to the duct tape. Gurley's purse was found discarded on another street nearby. For some time before the disappearance, Dyson began telling his neighbors that he was dying of leukemia and only had five months to live. He also told some that he had plans to go to Toronto, Canada, or El Paso, Texas for treatments. He left Albuquerque on September 10th, but traveled to South Carolina. It was here that he was... for their cancer treatments yeah. in South Carolina. You know, the, the, a place that he told nobody he was going to. Right. It was here that he was picked up by police, though he was initially charged with making threatening phone calls to several people in New Mexico. That's just like random people just yeah. calling him up. Well, like, I think probably I'm gonna get you. people who knew something. Uh, I don't know. But that's what he was. I mean, like, it wasn't murder or anything like that. They're just like, stop making great calls. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Upon searching Linda Henning's home, the investigators found a shotgun and a 22 Beretta handgun, as well as a Japanese ninja sword hidden in the ceiling of her garage. Linda Henning was charged in October of 1999 with making false claims to a grand jury. She had believed Dyson's outlandish claims of being a scientist. Her friends and families insist that he had either drugged or brainwashed her as she had never been in any trouble before. However, Henning had a history of a, of a long string of boyfriends that she tended to have unrealist, unrealistic views of. According to her own mother, she would, quote, believe the moon was made of cheese if a boy had said it. Oh, Linda. We've all been there. Yeah. That cheesy moon. If I had a nickel for every time a boy told me the moon was made of cheese. I know. No, that's sad. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they had her whole history. Like, her father left when she was early mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And Now, however, so you said in Oct- So she's not dead. Linda's not. Gurley is. Well, okay. they think Gurley is. Right. But I mean, we, you said we they found Linda's DNA yeah. when they were doing the blood. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah, so she's, she's at least an accomplice. Right. Yeah. But not a victim. I, I mean, I guess that's how you look at it. Do you think she was coerced into well, this by Dyson? Or? She's not a murder victim. Yes, correct. Yet. November 1999, Dyson and Henning, Linda, were indicted for Gurley's murder. They still don't have a body, though, right? Dyson pleaded guilty to homicide to avoid the death penalty and received a life sentence plus 61 years. Henning pleaded not guilty. However, at her trial, Dyson testified that he was, in fact, a shape-shifting reptilian and was able to be in two places at one time. Yes. (laughs) He also implied that Gurley's body had been cannibalized after death. (gasps) Oh, no. He said that he allowed a militia member to kill Gurley as practice before the alien New World Order. He then went to her apartment to clean the blood, bringing with him a vial of some random woman's blood he had in his own home. Because you know what? He occasionally took blood samples of random women for scientific research. Oh my God. Like women he was like dating kind of thing. He would just, I guess, but let's, your shocked faces are amazing. (laughs) And I, I wish that the audience could see them, but this is him telling this well but they found unknown dna they did but they didn't find vials of blood at his house okay 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 but if they have unknown dna that's not his he also told them he was a shape-shifting lizard man so that's the most believable part of this (laughs) he goes on right and says the vial broke before he could spread the blood so he used hinning's blood instead but insisted that linda hinning took no part in the murder Instead, what a good guy. He, a good guy. <laughs> instead, he placed all responsibility on this militia member, mm. who I didn't feel like I should put his name down. Oh, he actually named someone. Yeah, actually, that guy was brought up on charges of evidence tampering and got ten months probation. Oh, I assumed oh. it was another identity he used, like when he was in the black, the black face. It was I a black just... guy. <laughs> no, like because he was dressed like. Uh, quote, and camo. Quote, military, right. yeah, camo and stuff well, like that. Maybe he was part of the militia. 
Well, that's what I'm saying is like I thought he was going to say it was this other guy that someone might have seen, but it was really him in costume and makeup, basically. I just assumed the militia member didn't exist. Didn't exist. <laughs> Me too. But then I saw, oh, he got charged with something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I guess he was a real dude. But they didn't charge him with murder, mm-hmm. even though he was, you know, had fingers pointing at him, so... Only Dyson's, though. Shape-shifting reptilian fingers. Yep. Yeah, because Linda... All six. <laughs> <laughs> did Linda... Uh, did Linda said it was Dyson. No, she didn't. She hasn't said anything She didn't say that. anything. She has... But she pleaded not guilty. Okay. So the only thing she's really saying is that, I don't I know what happened. It. I didn't do it. Right? But she was found guilty anyway. She received 73 years for murder, kidnapping, conspiracy, perjury, and evidence tampering, but was acquitted on 10 other charges. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what those 10 other charges were, but. Probably a variety of, like, either manslaughter. I don't know, like, the other murder charges. Things like that. Yeah, manslaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Resisting arrest. Maybe. (laughs) Get your lizard fingers off of me. No, wait. The cops aren't the lizards. Are they? Are they? Girly Chew's body has never been found. Really? That's sad. Maybe he did eat her. That's really upsetting. Just recently, in January of 2020, it was reported that Dyson Hasenkoff is seeking to get his sentence vacated. He states his sentence was illegal because the prosecutors were colluding with police to hide evidence. His attorney has asked the judge for a six-month extension to get all their facts and evidence in order because they, quote, don't want to give too many details, but this case involves global connections. He has said that. Or lawyers are saying His that. His lawyer said that. And that's all I could find on it. I'm going to assume that they put this thing, he's like, here is the network of reptilians through the the world. Yeah. And this is why he yeah. is innocent. And the judge is going to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is bullshit. Get back in your cell. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Well, but his, since his, um, I guess his uh, attempts to appeal or whatever are still open, we're, we're essentially putting someone on the scale that isn't completely convicted. Like, I mean, do we know for sure that he is the killer? He was convicted. Okay. He also pled guilty. Okay. All right. And he he played, uh, pled guilty for a homicide. Okay. Now with that said, I don't think I believe that everybody who has pled guilty on things are actually guilty. Cause I think we all understand kind of situations in our criminal justice system. However, I'm pretty sure he's guilty as fuck. So, do we think Linda Henning? Yeah, but so here's the thing. Okay, okay. truthfully, I think Linda, Linda Henning was there and helped. I don't believe the vile bullshit. That's crazy. You think he might have just like talks. cut her open or something, like cut her hand, you know, to get the yeah. Blood they open. they the police deduced that she with the Japanese sword or whatever mm. actually either was there doing a killing blow or one of the things hurting girly and she herself was cut in the process of the struggle right and that's how her blood got there now the third person's dna i don't know because you would think that they would have matched you know trying to match it to dyson dyson or the militia member, but there I didn't read anywhere where it matched either of those. Maybe two. he does have bio. Maybe he did. I actually believe that the whole bioreactor thing and yeah. whatever his hobbies are. Like, I think he convinced women that he was a scientist, and they're like, and he's like, "Do you want to be part of my experiment?" And they're like, "Okay." And I mean, that's I I think that might be true. They did not find any evidence of it. Right. Like he, it's not like he had blood in his refrigerator. Right. Or at least not that I saw it. I would think that that would be a little note in every <laughs> article ever written about him. Yeah. With these 17 samples. <laughs> because, you know, like, clearly... So we know, then, of three women he conned, at least. So it was girly, Japanese-Canadian girlfriend, and... Linda Henning. Linda. So... At least those three. Yeah. And I'm sure there were plenty of others because he was also he was sleeping around. Right. And so I mean he conned all those people 
with cancer medications. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, even those people, he could be like, I need to take a sample of your blood before I give you this treatment or whatever like that. So, yeah, I think he was... But so shit. here's the thing is that you can't, even though it's like you can link him to be like the head of conspiracy to commit com- a murder, they do not have any actual physical uh, evidence that he was it, there. Right. Oh. Because it's not his blood. And I don't think they found anything else of his in her apartment. But we're still going with the, he killed her. But he admitted it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. We can put him on the scale. That's fine. Let's see how we do. Yeah. This will be an interesting one. So the scale we're referring to, of course, is Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. It is a one through 22 step um, (laughs) group of categories that tells you like how evil basically a person is. And it goes from one. Justifiable homicide. All the way up to 22. Psychopathic torture murderers with torture as their primary motive. The motive need not always be sexual. everything in between. And everything in between. So, your thoughts. I find him kind of difficult because it's like, when I was going down the list, I'm like, oh, he could fit there. And then like five spaces later, it's like, oh, he could fit there. So, and I didn't write any of it down, of course, because... Why would I? So can I borrow your book for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you may. Okay. So I was thinking that um, 11, category 11 would be good for him because uh, fully psychopathic killers of people in the way. Okay. So killing Gurley was in the way of him getting her, you know, property rights and custodial rights being taken away. Even though he was trying to get rid of the kid anyway. But he was, they implied that he was doing that to erase her custodial rights. Okay. Okay. What else you got? Uh, the schemers one is also category 14. Uh, ruthlessly self-centered psychopathic schemers, which we've been a fan of lately. Yeah. yeah. Lots of those. And then there's, and then we have to think about torture. Right. What is considered torture? Because in their marriage, he apparently did a lot of things. Yeah, he abused her. He, he, he yeah. was probably emotionally abusive. He was, yeah. yeah. Which I would say is kind of a source of torture. And we probably don't know the full extent of it. Right. And I mean, and if it's enough for her to go and tell an FBI agent, hey, he's been threatening my life and doing this and that, choking her out. I mean, that seems like... Kind of. So, um, I wouldn't call him a sexually perverse killer, serial killer at all. There's torture murderers, though the torture element is not prolonged. But that's the thing. One of the things that it is, is because we can't find her body. We don't know what was done We don't know the extent of what happened to her. Right. Um, Psychopathic persons committing multiple vicious acts. Hmm. Including murder. Psychopathic gold-blooded spree or multiple murders, but he's yeah. not spree or multiple. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just like... That's tough. Yeah, he's um, he is a little of an enigma. Why don't you give it back to Clinton? Because he's usually pretty good about pinpointing some stuff. But so, so far we've got... I think 11 or 14 are actually probably the best. I, I don't think we can really... I, I don't think we can really claim torture until uh, her body is found and we see what was done. Yeah. Because he doesn't... Because Dr. Stone doesn't take into account the relationship before the murder. I mean, I think that he would if if it's really, if it's torture. Right? If it's torture in the sense that, like, I, like they're burning fingers off or something like that. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. if it's at the, the... If it's in a purpose to kill or maim or something like that but if it's relationship abuse i'm not sure if that's taken into account i i feel like those fall more under the rage category than the sadistic torture Mm -hmm. category type of stuff like well like you said it's not like he was tying her down and yanking her teeth out or you know like right like that well yeah um so People in the way. Okay. Also, so- even the one right after that, power hungry psychopaths who murder when cornered, because he was no, not really cornered. I mean, kind of. He wanted he wanted that stuff. He wasn't cornered in the sense that he was going to be arrested for any of it. But like, I don't know because 
it doesn't feel very. What is his motivation to kill Girly Chew? Was it, pri- I, it was primarily for financial reasons? Well, that's another thing. It's it, it almost seems more like um, a jealous lover kind of thing. In that, if I can't have you, then nobody can. Hmm. Well, I think we can say we'll knock out seventeen to twenty-two serial killers, tortures, and sickness. Yeah. Just like, mainly because just, he's, there's yeah. no multiple murders and stuff. Um, like that. Same thing. Uh, Fifteen and sixteen spree or multiple murders. Yeah. Off of that. Um, so we're probably in the psychopathic features marked murders show malice aforethought. He clearly had some kind of planning. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. even to the point of looping or, you know, roping in another woman and helping. So clearly this or is a planned out. The, the militia man. Mm-hmm. Right. So the I think we're going to fall somewhere between nine and 14. Uh, because lower than that, you say, you can, you say they have few or no psychopathic traits. And I think he has some clear psychopathic traits. So between 9 and 14, I think, is where we have to look at. Ooh. 9 is jealous lovers. I don't think it's jealous lovers. Only because... Well, no. This this is not a jealous of her with another man. This is not that. Yeah. He likes using them all along the way. Right. I'm leaning more and more towards the in the way thing. Because... If you put away all the psycho stuff of the reptilian people and all of that thing, the reason he killed Girly Chew was for money, right? He or for property or for or something like that, or for his own self vindication, right? So I just feel like it's it's more like she was just in the way of what he was trying to do. That's what I had thought originally myself. Yeah. So like an eleven, because if you, I, I mean, I guess if you if you bring back all the crazy stuff, then we'd have to look into things like like true psychopath, like. Like, where would you put a lizard person on the scale? You know what I mean? And I feel he like we can't. He's such a schemer, though. Like, he's, he, he, he is, is a con, con man. He's a con like, man. I mean, that yes. is his... But this this wasn't a very good scheme. They were they found Linda Henning's DNA right away. They found the clothes. They found... Yes, but everything else. Like, he is a schemer. Period. Yes, but not for this murder. This murder feels very... Like, even with forethought, it still feels very he was, quick. He was um, beyond his depths. Yeah. That. Yeah. He was caught with like within days or something, wasn't he? It was oh yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. So he left on the tenth of September, which she was, killed was on the ninth, the day that she was notified of her missing. Right. Yeah. Which I love that she was reported missing, like within twenty four hours. Yeah. Like she at come to eight work. in the morning the next day. Yeah. The bank was like, "Where the fuck are you?" <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, kudos for them that yeah. they're not like, "Well, she just fucked off for the well, day." Right. She had told her coworker, "If if I'm not here, something could be wrong." So I'm. They might have yeah. been on high alert for something like that. All right. So. Killing people in the way or a schemer. Like, that's what you have to decide. I say people in the way. I say people in the way, too. My original thought was that he was an 11. Yeah, I just feel like he's not... He he didn't put enough into this particular scheme. Yeah, I don't feel like he's, he... He didn't scheme to murder. Yeah. He schemed to make profits. I mean, you know? who knows? Maybe even at the beginning of this, it, was, it really was just to, like, scare her or something like that. You know, like, to terrorize her a little bit because he did enjoy doing that. And then it went too far and it got out of control or something like that. Yeah. And what a weird scheme. It's like, okay, you get your Japanese sword. Well, he's dressed up. He's in the, you know, he's in the grease paint and everything. He could have been like, I don't know, tapping on her windows or something. You know I mean? He could have been doing it to just fuck with her. And then all of a sudden, Girly Chew is like, I got a fucking gun in here. And then he's like, okay, I got to do something quick. I don't know. Making a lot of assumptions right there at the end. Yeah, (laughs) really. But... I, I say more in the way. You think he's a schemer? Well, I think he's both. Like, I, I, I really feel... Uh, he, I feel he is more of a schemer than a killer. Yes, I'll give you that. But, um... I don't know. No, but I, I, I feel like his scheming or whatever is separate from the murder. It and, is. And we are judging the murder. Well, we're judging the person... Like how evil they are. Right. Based on their murder. murder. <laughs> murmur. Based on their murmur. Um, I don't know. I guess, Joe, you're going to have to be the tiebreaker on this one. Well, well she already voted. 11. 11. I'll Seven. give it an 11. You it's 11. fine. Is that 11 okay? 11 <laughs> And what is 11? 11 is fully psychopathic killers of people, quote, in the way. 
Yeah. That's I'm what I think. And see the quotes even, it's like, she, what was she in the way of? It was his perspective that she was in the way of something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do wonder though. So normally I picture in the way of like, I'm going to rob this bank. You're going to try to stop me. I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Like, I view that so, but I don't see his end game here. I still don't know what his point was. Oh, I agree. I agree. He probably didn't really know himself. He just had a feeling and then he had to act on it. I mean, he's probably got paranoia. He's got like a lot of, like, I don't even know if his con artist stuff was like actual schemes. He might have actually believed he was a CIA scientist. You know what I mean? Like... He might have been one of those people who were incredibly delusional about his own life. Like, it wasn't to do a scheme. Like, he actually thought B6 did cure cancer. You know, it was like one of those kinds. Again, like, going back to why is he buying a bio... Yeah. Like, that's not, like, that's not going to further some other con. Right. Like, he is using that for something. Right. So and I feel like it's just... It's got to be extremely expensive, so it's like, that's what you choose to spend the money you just conned a bunch of people right. for on. Yeah. So I feel like he, like they say con artist because what we know what he did was fraudulent and all this stuff like that. Maybe he did not think it was fraudulent. I don't know. Well, he probably did with the cancer. I think he really wanted to buy this and do some real experiments. Well, if he thought that, okay, if he really believed in the alien reptilian stuff, right, then he, he, I think it'd be plausible to feel that well, I have to do experiments because nobody else is doing the research on this. So I'm going to con all these people for money because that's the fastest way I can get right. enough money to get the stuff I need to research my own reptilian DNA or something like that. There's a lot of layers to this gross, gross onion. There is. We'll put him at an 11. Okay. We'll go ahead and say that uh, he considered her in the way of his goal of becoming the superior shape-shifting lizard race. All right. On the, on the Dyson... What's his name again? Dyson. Hossing. Armand. Yeah. Can you spell it for me, please? You no. <laughs> we, we'll give it to you later. It's incredibly... Like, I, when it showed up, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of letters. It is. All right. I mean, and that would explain why he chose that name, right? He's just completely, like... A, Right, like severed from reality. That's a bad con artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, to choose a name like that. That's what I was saying. Like, okay, he is just insane. And it would be nice to even think that maybe, like, the whole lizard shapeshifter stuff was him later trying to get a reduced sentence due to insanity. But I think he actually... Oh, did, I think like, he actually believed he was, it. He was yeah. in Now, did he eat her? Did he eat her? That's a good question. I, I don't know. But even if he did, he can't have eaten the whole body. You don't know that. In a day? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't think anybody ate her. I don't know if he was actually there. What? Mm. You think he could have just sent Linda? And the, and, the militia and the militia guy. And third party DNA. Though, that's never been explained. So, I mean, that could even be like some kind of weird fluke or testing anomaly or something like that. I don't know. It was just never explained. Okay. I think he was there. Well, I mean, if he was there, that wasn't his blood because they would have tested it. At this point, because he's such, he is a con man, and Linda was so under his spell mm-hmm. because she believed all the alien stuff too. Because that's where they met yeah, at true. that yeah. at that yeah. seminar. She she he told her he was two thousand year old lizard man, and she was probably like, "Let's do this thing," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, so it may very much, I mean, like a Charlie Manson thing where he told Linda, "Hey, you need to go kill this chick because she is." threatening all that we're trying to do and she's like lizard man says it lizard man means it let's do it <laughs> grab that sword <laughs> and so i wonder i'm worried he wanted to experiment on his kid oh. like is that the reason for trying to get rid of girly is although no. she wasn't involved yeah i don't yeah, know and he was trying to give the kid up for adoption i think the kid was more yeah. of a hassle than anything else uh to him that poor baby i hope he turned out okay well he's half lizard yeah He's resilient. <laughs> He's out in the desert, half lizard. <laughs> um, okay, are we ready for the next one? Yes. Okay, so our second story, as faithful listeners know, um, does not is usually a cold case or something weird because we don't put the particular killer from it on the scale. So, traditionally, an unsolved story. 
Correct. Except for last time. Except for last time. I'm keeping up with the... I've been on this, like, Hollywood kick of, of doing oh. stuff related to movies. So I'm doing the murder of famous director William Desmond Taylor. So, February 2nd, 1922, police are called to William Taylor's home for a, quote, natural death. When they arrive, it is the 20s. So actors, actresses, studio executives, all kinds of people are going through all of William Taylor's things. They're probably reporters. Yeah. They are just, like, rummaging through all of his stuff. Can you imagine a time in which, like, somebody dies, they call the newspaper first, and by the time the police are there... The reporters are looking around taking photos, yeah. and it's the whole crime scene is just demolished. <laughs> William is dead on the living room floor, shot in the back. Ooh. So they're also doing this while he's like just laying there. Like it's it's pretty disgusting. So I um, probably already poked him with something. Jeez. <laughs> he's fifty years old. He's a renowned writer, director, and actor in Hollywood, and his death immediately became a scandal. Like huge. With lots of suspects, which we will get to in just a moment. William Desmond Taylor was born in Carlow, Ireland on April 26th, 1872, <coughs> as William Cunningham Dean Tanner. He left for the U.S. after a falling out with his dad. So, to make it big in the big city. He you was, don't know, Dad. Yeah. You don't know. You gotta do that with an Irish me. accent. Well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> He was an engineer, he was an Alaskan gold miner, and then finally became an actor in New York City. So he lived quite a bit of life. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, nobody does that anymore. Like, no one becomes an actor, like, in their 30s after they've done all this shit. I know. He got married and had a daughter, but he couldn't support them as an actor. So he left for lunch one day and never came home. As yeah. you did in the 40s. Yeah, he just walked out on them in 1908. He headed for California. Little side note, his wife eventually remarried, and at the movies, she was at the movies with Daisy, that's his daughter, and he, and she's like, hey, that's your that's your dad up there. And Daisy was like, what? And Daisy went and found him. Oh. And they actually reunited and wrote letters, and they had a pretty good relationship. His wife was, got remarried, and she didn't seem to blame him for, for what happened, so uh, that actually became a pretty good <laughs> ending for that. She uh, probably thought she dodged a bullet. Maybe. He didn't, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He became a silent movie actor and director. He was known for liking his solitude, good books, his work. He liked the quiet life. He was a pretty down-to-earth kind of guy. Also very strange for the time period. Yeah. His brother also did the same thing. He left his wife and two daughters when he found he couldn't support them and ran off to California. He started working for William Desmond Taylor as like in an unofficial capacity, kind of like a personal assistant kind of thing. But his wife, Dennis's wife, came to them and was like, I don't have any money and we're starving to death. So William set up to send her $50 a month for the rest of her life for her and the girls. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. <laughs> the night of the murder, his last contact was with Mabel Normand. She's a comedian or was a comedian. They drank, hung out, played on the piano, did all the stuff that you do in the 20s, you know. William saw her to her car, and when the chauffeur drove off, they were blowing kisses to each other, things like that. It was a simple time. Yeah. It was 7.45 p.m. Around oh, between... early. Yeah, I know. Not back then. Between <laughs> 8 to 10 p.m., neighbors heard what they thought was a car backfiring, and what one witness saw someone leave in a dark coat, muffler, and hat with a slightly effeminate walk. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they right, first question. First question: What is a muffler? Oh, it's a, like a big scarf. It was the, it was February in, in California, okay. so it was actually pretty so it cool. wasn't like a muff that you put your hands in. Right, right. No, no. It no. was a muffler, so a gentleman's muff. Yeah, a gentleman's muff. <laughs> um, and then with a feminine walk. Yeah, a feminine walk. Yeah, <laughs> I just love so uh, so mufflers are wrapped around the neck. Yeah, his hips were a swinging. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about theories and suspects. Mabel Normand was never a real suspect, but she was the last person to see him alive. She returned to his home later when she found out about the shooting to rifle through his things like everybody else and get some letters they had exchanged. Oh, I bet she did. She's like, there's nothing in them that are incriminating, but she didn't want the stuff in them to be misconstrued. So she went ahead and grabbed those back. You know that time when I wrote a letter to you that said, I'm going to shoot you? <laughs> <clears throat> Mabel was addicted to opium and cocaine. 
And William was one of her best friends, and he was really, he was legitimately trying to get her to quit. He actually entered her into a, a rehabilitation center, one of the first uh, celebrity rehab stints, I guess, in, in our golden age of Hollywood. And he also helped lead a commission against drugs to get them out of Hollywood because that was actually a huge problem in Hollywood. Hmm. Wow. A lot of cocaine, a lot of opium, like stars were real fucked up. Like a lot of people overdosed. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. It was the Pickfords. Um, Mary Pickford was a real famous silent movie actress. Her husband, or no, brother, overdosed, I think, from cocaine. And also blamed for a lot of deaths yeah. that remained um, more unknown is that they OD'd. Right. And um, once that was thought of, nobody did anything else because it was such a problem. Right. So while Normand, Mabel Normand, was never considered a suspect, some people thought her connection to the drug community might have been. That her trying to get clean and William Desmond Taylor's activism against it might have caused someone to send a hitman basically to wipe him out. Okay. Because Norman spent $2,000 a month on drugs. Whew. And this was in the 1920s. Guess how much that would be today? Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to start and say $20,000. $25,000 yeah. a month on drugs. So she was in it. She, had, she was in it. Oh my God. Yeah. So... Mabel died in 1930 from tuberculosis, and one of her last statements was, I wonder who killed poor Bill Taylor. So she, I mean, like, he was like a lifelong friend of hers, and mm. it's it's horrifying. Well, she was going to find out soon. <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> did oh she God. die of tuberculosis or, quote, tuberculosis? I don't know. There might have been some complications <laughs> there, but that's what they're crediting it. Maybe her medication was just as bad as the disease. Yeah. Well, tuberculosis wasn't a common thing to give them, like, laudanum, which is basically an opium derivative. Probably. I mean, anytime that they were any kind of pain or something like that, opium was, yeah. like, the go-to. Yeah. So, who knows? I just get headaches. <laughs> Mary Miles Minter was a teenage actress who reportedly had a terrible crush on William. He was at least 30 years older than her. And there were letters published publicly from her to him that spoke of her devotion. And it was, it was very, it wasn't so much, how did they put it? They, they weren't exactly lurid. They were, they were just her, just, I love you, I love you, I love you kind of letters. And he kept them. Girl crush. Yes. Because he didn't know what to do with them, probably. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on this one. It is very classic Hollywood to groom a teenage actress and do things with her that he should not be doing with her. But from the things I've read... That was not his jam. So, and how old was she? Um, at the time of his death, she was twenty, but they met when she was like fourteen, mm. something like that. There was also a, supposedly a nightgown left at his place that was hers, but that seems to have been built up by the media more than it actually. No ID was actually actually ever given to that nightgown, so they can't really prove it was hers. But she was like, "I'll give you a thousand She went to the newspaper. She's like, "I'll give anybody a thousand dollars if they can return my nightgown to me." You know, so she kind of like fed into it. Mary Miles Minter was kind of a dick. And and she would threaten to cause a scene if he put her out. Three long blonde hairs were found on his coat when he died, and William was very meticulous about his clothes. So one of the theories is that after Mabel left, Mary came over shortly after Mabel left, because it had to be pretty quick. He threatened to throw her out again. She pulled a gun and that he hugged her to kind of like calm her down and the gun might have gone off. Or Mary threatened to kill him and still killed him and ran off after leaving hairs on his coat. Dressed as a man with an infinite walk. No. Uh, and a muff. She, and she did have her mother's gun. She, she <laughs> again, Mary, what the fuck? She was incredibly temperamental. There was There's a, a reported incident of like, months before this happened where she was having a temper tantrum and she goes into her room and she fired the gun a couple of times. And then when they rushed in there to see if she was okay, she lied on the floor or she laid on the floor to, to pretend like she was dead. And they're like, Oh my God. And then she jumped up and laughed in their faces. Like she was a real, she's fucked up. Yeah. She's a real bitch. So that's um, why, you know, she's what a child actor. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so she had her mother's gun. So this was plausible that she could have gone to his house and he's like, Mary, you got to go home. And she's like, if you don't love me, I'll kill myself. Or, you know, who knows? And, and either was accidental or she killed him. So that's one of the suspects. One of the theories. And the bullet wound was made by someone who was five feet or shorter. 
So any woman that I'm listing here in my theories, uh, that they fit this. Mm. So um, five foot or shorter. Yeah, they're little little ladies. Yeah, yeah. So that's Mary. Let's talk about Mary's mom. Oh no. Yeah. Guess why Mary's so fucked up? <laughs> uh, Charlotte Shelby is another suspect. She was a classic stage mom. She wanted to be an actress and she didn't make it. So she was living vicariously through her daughter and she was super, super overprotective. So (laughs) not that overprotective because her daughter would, you know, got to do a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hear some more of this bullshit. You ready? Yeah. Mary supposedly got involved with another director named James Kirkwood and became pregnant. Oh, Shelby paid for the abortion and then threatened the director that she'd kill him. All right. The alternative story is that she threatened the director and he had only made a pass at her. He didn't get her pregnant, but he just made a pass at her and Shelby still threatened to kill him. So either way, that part (laughs) is supposedly the truth. Mm, I have a third theory. Mm. It was all part of her plans and she paid for the abortion and then she told the director and she said, I'm going to tell everybody unless you get my daughter roles. That could be it too. (laughs) She once found Mary in a dressing room kissing silent movie actor Monty Blue and chased him out with her gun. Yep. She had threatened William based on his relationship with her. He's, she said, if I, quote, if I ever catch you hanging around Mary again, I'll blow your goddamn brains out. Quote. So. Then keep your daughter at home, yeah. lady. See, this is the thing. Your daughter's kind of a hoa. <laughs> um, and she's kissing every dude that she sees. And you got a problem with it, but you're not you're not well, taking act- it up with the person who's doing it. She's acting out against her mother. I mean, there's yeah. just, there's a lot of personalities. And I'm guessing here. there's no father in this picture. Sure doesn't seem because like uh, as far as daddy issues goes, yeah. this seems a textbook example. And I just want to state, well, we can't blame women for being traumatized by their fathers. Yeah. And I just want to state. Go kiss whoever you want. I don't give a shit. You're yeah. not really a whore. I'm just... Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's time. why you don't pull guns on men who don't want to kiss you back. Well, also, don't blame dudes when some girl's like, hey, let's make out. Yeah. And they're like, okay. No, I agree. Um, she also had an incident where she showed up at William Desmond Taylor's home with her 38 Smith & Wesson looking for Mary. But this one time, Mary happened to not be there. So so Charlotte Shelby is, is fuck just as much as her daughter is. She wasn't questioned until 1937. Oh. And only because her other daughter, oh yeah, she's got another daughter, Margaret Fillmore. Why do all these kids have different last all names? Different last- I guess that, that might be their movie names too. It was very fashionable in the 20s to change your name. True. So, Plus these names, Charlotte Shelby, Mary Minter, like it's yeah. very... Yeah. 1950s comic book. Right. Yes. So, so her other daughter, Margaret Fillmore, was suing her mother... And in the civil suit, she said she protected her mother during the whole William Taylor affair. Ooh. Yeah. So Shelby was eventually questioned about that. She claimed she had been with a relative during the hours of William's death. But that relative was suddenly receiving $200 a month for the rest of his life. (laughs) Weird. So that one's a pretty tricky one. When asked from Mary if she thought her mom did it. She said she did not think her mother was a murderer, but then she said, not definitely. She may have said, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. She was like that. She was always going to kill somebody. <laughs> that's a very good, that's a great quote. So, okay. So that's Charlotte Shelby and her daughter, Mary Miles Mentor. I got more. Okay. Here we go. Edward Sands. Okay. AKA Edward Snyder was William Desmond Taylor's houseman. He was a sociopath. He pretended he was very much a con artist. He would pretend to be British, a cockney, but he was really from Ohio. All right. He had a whole Haven't we all done that? (laughs) He had a whole list of crimes in his past, fraud, embezzlement. He sold cars. He he sold a lot of stuff. He um, did forgery. This was obviously around World War I. He actually forged his own discharge papers from the military. Mm. Yeah. He worked for William Desmond Taylor for about a year, and that year was great. He apparently he was incredibly devoted to William. He like people would say like Edward Sand would die for for William Desmond Taylor. Yeah, do the long con. I guess so. And then William takes a trip to Europe. While he's in Europe, Sand forged checks for five thousand dollars and wrecked one of William's cars. He pawned some jewelry under William's real name, the William. Uh, Dean Tanner, his, hmm. his old Irish name. Yeah. yeah. 
And he smoked William's gold-tipped Russian cigarettes. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> Last straw, motherfucker. Prior to William's murder, like the few days leading up to his murder, he was receiving hang-up phone calls. Like where, you know, call and they hang up immediately. And it was almost like, and he said this, it was almost like they were trying to tell if he was home or not. So the idea is maybe Edward Sand had, was arranging a burglary of the home and was waiting for William to be out one night so they could do it. And then they showed up and he's still there. That kind of thing. That's what they were trying to do. $5,000 was stolen from the home, but William had $78 on him and a diamond ring and nobody took it. Alternate theory. Yeah. Houseboy gets in. Houseman. Earn it. All I'm saying is earn it. This sure. is the houseboy. Yes, that is the houseboy. He takes whatever money, gets involved with somebody under the guy's name. Edward Sands? No. William. William's name. Oh, okay. Right? Uses William's name, gets involved with some shit, right? Like a bookie or he owes money to somebody. And so they only have his name. And so they go after the real William. That's very possible as well. There was some idea that he might have been blackmailing William Desmond Taylor because he knew his past. He knew his real name. And William Desmond Taylor's bank accounts were very low considering how much he was paid. And he was not like a, he was not like a, a, a frivolous spender. Like he wasn't someone who threw parties all the time and stuff like that. But, you know, lots of gifts or anything like that. He should have had plenty of money in the bank and they were very low. So someone, so there is a theory that he was being blackmailed most likely by Edward Sands or Mary Miles Minter or Charlotte Shelby. And he was paying them off as well. Everybody. Yeah. Um, the only thing that, that provided Sands with an alibi was that he had signed in to work that night at his, at the Oakland lumber yard. Cause he had, this is after he'd been fired. Somebody. Right. That's what I thought too. I'm like, he, he's a, he's a forger. He could have got someone to sign in for him. Who cares? But yeah, that supposedly he had signed in for work that night. So. Okay. Okay. We'll let it fly. (laughs) (laughs) Next, next suspect, Pat Lewis was a woman who lived a modest life and died in 1964. On her deathbed, she confessed to killing William Desmond Taylor. She said she was, in fact, a woman named Margaret Gibson, who was an actress who had been in a Taylor film, which is all true. There was a Margaret Gibson who was in a movie with William Desmond Taylor. She changed her name to Pat Lewis after she, or I'm sorry, it was actually um, Patricia Palmer, I think. I'm sorry, I missed a step. I think she got married at some point and became Pat Lewis. But anyway, she changed her name after she had been arrested for vagrancy with opium dealing. She was found in a, quote, disorderly house, Mm. which is another name for a house of prostitution. Mm. She said she was there doing research for a film, (laughs) which is just like classic actor move, (laughs) which I love. There is no other connection between Margaret Gibson and William Desmond Taylor or Patricia Palmer and William Desmond Taylor. So was she another woman who was like obsessed with him, like Mary Miles Minter? And she did, in fact, go to his, his house and kill him. Who knows? But she did confess to it on her deathbed. I love a, a good deathbed confession. Yeah. Did she I'm give gonna, a reason? Not that I could tell. When I die, I'm going to say some crazy ass shit. I know you are. And it's not going to mean anything. But I'm still going to say it. Well, you're recorded on, on the podcast saying that, so nobody's going to believe any of it. We have record of you saying you're going to But in the that. future, another podcast will go, and on record in this previous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, but did she or didn't she? It's still a mystery. <laughs> and then my last suspect today is his own brother, Dennis Dean Tanner. Tanner. He could have killed him. There, this one's very loosey-goosey. I don't have a lot of information on it. And also, like, the whereabouts of Dennis goes cold after 1930. Nobody knows what happened to him. Well, that's not... You change your name and... Maybe. Forge your own discharge papers and you could be anybody. <laughs> So, no one was ever arrested for the crime, and his tombstone just reads where he was buried, is William C. Dean Tanner, beloved father of Ethel D. Dean Tanner, died February 1st, 1922, a loving tribute from the daughter he once deserted and then reunited with. Wow. So, I'm guessing she bought it, which is very kind. But, yes, that's the mysterious death of William Desmond Taylor. What a great story. I mean... Sad, Horrifying. obviously, right. but, but rates. I know, and, and there are like there are. You okay? I had held a blueberry. I think. Okay, take a second. <laughs> you got blueberry lung. <clears throat> he 
was a fabulous director and his case has been researched by a lot of people. There's a very famous director named King Vidor um, who came later and he was obsessed with the case and he did a lot. There's a lot of information and I'm, I'm leaving out a ton of stuff. Like the gun that Mary Miles Mentor and Charlotte Shelby had. Right. They talk about losing it in the bayous of Louisiana and stuff like that. I mean, like there's so many details I have left out just because our podcast is not three hours long. What's interesting to me is that this is a for Hollywood, it's a very mild manner man mm-hmm. who didn't seem to be part of any scandalous stuff, and yet he has so many people who want to kill him or could possibly want to kill him. Yeah, and that's insane. <laughs> I I think it was one of the ladies. I honestly think it was one of the ladies. Maybe maybe Charlotte Shelby. Maybe Mary's mild mentor. I, I just because. I don't know. <laughs> the witness saying that they were walking away with an effeminate walk is so interesting to me. I think it's an interesting concept that somebody's dressed like a man. Yes. Because yes. They, they would have said, you know, it was a woman if it was right. dressed like a woman. Right. But um, that somebody dressed up as a man and came to his house and shot him. And, and they asked the witness, they're like, so, because when she was she was describing it as a man dressed in a hat and muffler and coat with an effeminate walk. And they're later on, they're like, are you sure it was a man? And she's like, maybe I can't say it was a man. You know what I mean? Like, so there is, that is very much in a question. I think it was probably one of the ladies. Also, the hairs on his coat was an interesting fact because apparently William Desmond Taylor was incredibly meticulous. Right. And he had, he had his coat, his, his um, yeah, his coat brushed like every day. So like Mary, the house boy. Yeah. So if Mary was there house man. embracing him and then he's like, you got to get out of here. And she, and he turned his back on her for a second. And, and then her like, mom bust in, like kicked down the door and like, what's up motherfucker? And just open fired. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Oh, that's the movie I'm making. So I no, think it, it was one of the ladies. Orient Express style. It was all of them. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. And at the same time, Edward Sands was planning a robbery and he like peeked in there and he's like, oh, there's shit going out. I got to get out of here. And yeah, it's a grand conspiracy. Like Edward came in, took the 5,000, but Mary and and Charlotte killed him. You know, I mean, maybe it is a whole bunch of things put together. And it was all orchestrated by the dude on the corner who just wanted to sell some opiates. But this guy was taking his business away Mm -hmm. and sending them all to rehab. He really was. Yeah, so that's the tale. Of- I do think probably, though, that really did play... If you are outspoken against the popular illegal trade yeah. at the time, then yes, you will make enemies for yeah. sure. No, that was, a, that was a big part of it. And there was some stuff about the district attorney was he paid off and and didn't and that's one of the reasons they never pushed for a conviction or um, uh, not even a conviction, a, a trial against... Charlotte Shelby or I mean there's there were a lot of things connected into this and again I just didn't go into all the details wow yeah I think it's a great story it is and it's one that I would love to see solved but I don't I don't think we're ever gonna see that one I would love to see like a murder mystery like a 1920s murder mystery movie made in the vein of like clue mm-hmm. where you get to see the different endings or it could be this person and this is how they did it yeah but that Featuring probably William that probably it. won't happen because it's not fictional, and you know, making light of someone's death is probably not cool. Well, and there's also the thing of um, their descendants from all these people probably, and they don't want to see their relatives shown that way. And so you're looking at libel cases and stuff like that. What if what if we show her like Mrs. Peacock in <laughs> Clue? Could we do it then? I I mean, I would sign off on that if someone wanted to show my relative looking like that. Yeah, Mrs. Shelby was a man. <laughs> no, just dressed like one. <laughs> Um, But he had an effeminate walk. (laughs) So, sources? Sources. My sources are The Charlie Project because Girlie Chu is still considered a missing person. So she has a whole profile on The Charlie Project. Also, Oxygen.com, an article entitled The Disappearance of of Girlie Chu Hasenkoff, a con man, a fashion designer, UFOs, and a ninja sword by Benjamin H. Smith. And krqe.com, which is a local news website. I did history.com, which had a um, the, on this day in history kind of blog about William Desmond Taylor. And then you must remember this, which I cannot recommend enough, which is a old Hollywood podcast. And the, it's so good. It's by Karina Logworth. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it for anybody who might enjoy the golden age of Hollywood and the different like 
scandals and and it's just really good and then classichollywoodbios.com which features the autobiographies and or not just the regular biographies that they've been writing about william desmond taylor all right another episode of murder brunch if you'd like to contact us you can find us on twitter facebook instagram Instagram, our website Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're streaming on all streams everywhere. If we're not on some kind of stream that you want us to be on, we will get on that stream. You let us know. <laughs> Where is this going? I don't know. You can always email us at murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. And if you'd like to contribute to our little podcast, you can find us on Patreon. Absolutely. At patreon.com slash murderbrunch. We already have some good stuff up there and we'll be yes. adding even more. Yes, we will. I'll be doing my own story. Oh, so I told. It. You said it this time, so it's going to happen. <laughs> so you need to start researching that because we got to record that soon. Ooh, I will do that. Okay. Oh, wait. Are you doing one for the scale or are you doing a, an unsolved murder? I don't know. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Ooh, girl. I'm <laughs> getting sassy pants. He is. What do you mean getting? True. But join us next time for me. Oh, no. <laughs> do over. <laughs> Join us next time for more mayhem, more murder, more snacks. Bye. Bye.